Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Non-Essential Workers Podcast, a left-wing podcast where we take a look at the news going on today and make ourselves sad. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. I'm Jason. And uh, hopefully this time we break that trend because I got a, quite a wide range of odd and unusual ones and also some mm-hmm. bangers. Sample bladder. Yeah, so I've, I've done my traditional uh, organizational structure to give us kind of a charting a course. And uh, I think we'll start with big thinkers. One of my favorite sections. I can only assume this is the most genuine of titled segments. Let's start off with a, a look at what it means to be successful in the American economy. From CNBC. The first black woman CEO in the Fortune 500 on work-life balance. Quote, you don't have to go to all your kids' games. Oof. Is this the same woman who we quoted a number of episodes back? Well, there's only like three black women in the Fortune yeah, 500, we, so we, there's, a, there's a high chance. We did an episode about some Fortune 500 black women CEO. Could yeah. well be. Just I made, made that thumbnail a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's not wrong, I will say. You know, there's no law that requires you to to go to every one of your child's games, but it is kind of like being pretty explicit with the, with the, with the, the priorities and the language, isn't it? It's like, well, first of all, to be a CEO of an, of a fortune 500 company, you can absolutely make you all, can go to all your kids games, all your kids games. You're just, yeah. you don't do anything. Choosing to network instead. You also don't have to have kids. Like as truth statements go, right? Like you could you can make a bunch of truth statements, but like I feel like if you're gonna have kids, you should take them serious. <laughs> like you should make them feel like they're loved and you're doing things with them. Nah, no, that's because the way they turned into a cold-hearted CEO is by not having that from their parents. I mean, that seems reasonable. <laughs> this to me totally begs the question, which is, of course you don't have to because you there your it's your life. Because to be a CEO, you have to think you're the main hero and the main character in your own goddamn Skyrim, not your fucking kids. The kids are NPCs who don't have character, don't have stats yet, and they stay at the house or go do hockey. You don't care. You just have to carry your extra gear, right? Like they're just mules. To these kinds of people, ego and and identity, like their individual identity, is the only thing that matters. What have I done? How here's what I get. Here's how I benefit. They don't think about other people fundamentally. That's why they're a CEO. All that matters is the mega structures they're in charge of and the wealth they can extract for the benefit of themselves. They don't consider like the altruism of doing good for other people. Maybe that's extreme, but I think that's also honest. It's just really bleak. To, you know, if you ever listen to like a Cat Stevens, you know, the cat's in the cradle in the silver spoon. You know, like if you, if you listen to that kind of music, that'll remind you that like life is fleeting and relationships between. Uh, you know, your nuclear family and, and your immediate friends and whatnot are, are pretty valuable. Having someone who's like, hey, you know how you succeed in the American economy? Fuck that. Fuck them kids. It's just, I, it just struck me as very, like, bleak in a way that they don't seem to even recognize. Don't worry, your kids won't remember that you didn't go to all their baseball games. You were close to down a big-ass merger. That's all that matters. You don't have to raise your kids. I don't know, it's just like, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, like, heat in the kind of like neoliberal circles about trying to wed capitalism to feminism. And a lot of it comes down to like, look, you know, women should be able to live a full life and do all the different things they want. It's like, yeah, that's true. Um, 
But if the solution is that you basically abandon an entire wing of those things in order to achieve the other, you didn't really find the balance, did you? It's just saying prioritize work. It's not actually solving that riddle of how you both be a parent and a full-time worker. Uh, which is, yeah. as we've already pointed out, much harder even for the non-CEOs than the CEO. Her solution is choose business over family. That's her answer to the work-life balance question. Yeah, it's just don't do it. Yeah, which is fine if you're like a struggling working class person. That's your only option. But yeah, this is just about making whatever company she works for the biggest it can be past the exorbitant amount of profit it's already making, which is just like, it's really kind of, I think, painful and, and uh, unsurprising, but disheartening to hear this kind of thing from someone who could absolutely make every game, but chooses not to versus someone who probably really wants to, but can't because he'd rather have his, you know, his kids have food on the table. Yeah. It's like such a, it, it's kind of like a weird it's like a, a hard nosed turnaround on being practical and not frivolous from someone who is absolutely being frivolous and does not need to be practical any longer because they right. have climbed their way to the top on a pile of uh, bloody labor. But it's obviously excusing some sort of either workaholism or like avoidance of a family life for someone who's in that position of wealth to still be doing that. Certainly feels like it. Now, on a completely unrelated topic from the New York Times, there's a mental health crisis among American children. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic is not the only reason. Well, it certainly can't be that all their parents are CEOs. I mean, without the, without the New York Times chooses to... To, to people, them, yes. To poll people, they could have only polled CEOs' children for all we know. Well, I mean, we're all supposed to be CEOs, right? Because like the whole premise is that if you rise and grind hard enough, I mean, if we all work hard enough, theoretically, we're all CEOs, according to the logic of the American dream. I mean, kids are CEOs now. They're, yeah. they're, they probably have lots to be stressed about. Yeah, meet the 15-year-old girl who has clinical depression because she opened a third company too soon. What's this girl's opinion on work-life balance? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to attend all of your own games. <laughs> <laughs> I did see, like, I, I saw, uh, maybe this was the one that they're referencing, but I saw a chart independent of any... Um, article yeah about like a, a massive climb and um that's been you know trending for over a decade or longer now about i think the the metric was the number of high school students or percentage of high school students who um consistently feel hopeless um and it was like i think it was like 40 percent for the average and then of course like 80 percent for lgbtq people um and yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really, I feel like no one's immune to that. I feel like it, it's saddest to hear about kids because they are supposed to be free of responsibility. But I think the factors that are affecting them are the same that are affecting most people and, and kind of disheartening and immiserating the majority of the population, whether it's, whether it's the pandemic or whether it's worsening labor conditions and stricter and stricter um you know management by increasingly monopolized conglomerates uh, and sectors or whether it's just social media being a constant barrage of misery it's like uh it's the intersection of both it's the intersection of capitalism and the tech that's cr been created by it it's that capitalism is making our world worse and the the death spiral of our economy combined with the virality and stress inducing and like 
psychology, psychology abusing, exploiting mechanisms of social media that is smashing these two disgusting ingredients into one that is having an effect on everyone, but especially children who are exposed to stuff and don't have the existing larger social kind of view of the world to adapt, to handle it. So yeah, yeah, no surprise there. I like the, the, even if you're, you're talking about like younger children, like the calamities are becoming more obvious and, and more unavoidable, even if you're not plugged into social media, certainly you're not plugged into the economy. If you're a kid, um, unless you're feeling the, the secondhand stressors of your parents, uh, like, yeah, we have like massive wildfires every single year now. We have um, cyclones and, and hurricanes pounding the coasts in places that they haven't before. It's like, that's just scary stuff. You know, you don't have to be an adult or understand anything to understand that something bad is happening. And it's part of a, a, a whole bunch of new articles cropping up from what are normally thought of as kind of like mainstream publications going like, things are not going well in america yeah like, that, where everyone's starting to like realize things aren't great right how much longer can the establishment ignore that the facts on the ground are terrible for most people that's yeah. the real question is how is how are they surprised we've been in like 1996 for 30 years until now basically like we, we we've been locked in in the middle of the 90s as far as how media thought of us like some yeah. sort of period of prosperity end of cold war uh, you know, Fukuyama end of history shit. And it, it, like, it, it's only just starting to really peel away as the volume of dog shit has piled so high that even they can't avoid it. And Maybe, it's just interesting to see how they interpret that. I almost feel like New York Times thinks that Biden wasn't a return to Obama, but a return to Clinton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, we're, we're going back. It's it's not even nostalgia for 08, because things sucked in 08. It's, it's like, as you say, they're trying to undo the last 25, 30 years of history. And and we have a 25, 30 year older man in place. It's like if Clinton never went away and we pretended Iraq and Bush and Obama never happened. Well, the world is still happening and it's not great. So you can't just keep pretending. Oh, oh, what what could possibly be the explanation for why all our kids are fat and depressed and hate everything and are isolated and feel, you know, misled and, and, and uninformed? Like, yeah, because this is the world you made. Well, maybe that's true, or maybe it's just the last decade that sucked. Ah. From the Atlantic. Of course. Why the past 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid. <laughs> and just like the previous one, it has a subtitle that's pithy and pointless. It's not just a phase. I don't know. There's, there's, I feel like there actually could be merit to this. The last 10 years have been pretty stupid. Yeah, I mean, the title was in, in all caps, so it convinced me. Maybe they suss out something particular from the 2012 to now that's that was you you know particularly dumb in some way. I mean, I will say having two right wing capitalists in the form of Obama and Mitt Romney uh, battling for control in 2012 did feel very stupid. But that's pretty much every cycle. <laughs> yeah, but I, I once again, I, you get your 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 brain's going straight to like electoralism, and and I don't think that's what they're referencing. I think they're talking about. I mean, the world failed to end in 2012. We'd already defeated Coney by 2012. What else do you say? <laughs> 2012. I mean, yeah, I the like the fact that that this doesn't include the the decade after 9/11, really, right. I think, because it's so ridiculous. That was that was, you know, that's like those were the, the formative years 
of my life and in, in, in like burgeoning political awareness. Yeah. And, and I am I am deeply aware of how extremely stupid and harmful they were. So I, I, I mean, uniquely, though, doesn't have to mean like worse, I guess it could just be like, different. Yeah. It, it's like COVID, you know, new strains of stupidity are constantly evolving. And we have mm. we've identified a new strain that was prevalent between 2012 and 2022. We just haven't been vaccinated against the unique stupidity of the last <laughs> exactly. decade. We've we've uh, protected ourselves we've been ourselves against their past mistakes but this new one um did you did you read what their thesis was at least or is it a mystery no i, w- I was too uniquely stupid to read <laughs> beyond the title uh, I, I considered it but the i mean it's the atlantic and it was a stupid yeah. premise and i was just like this isn't probably worth it <laughs> i mean the, the the big the red flag is that it's in all caps yeah uh hey folks editor's note um we lost a little bit of audio here, but the next section we're responding to a New York Times article by David Brooks called Globalization is Over. The Global Culture Wars Have Begun. It wasn't even like subtle. He's just saying India, Pakistan, they're arguing about like the trans bathroom bill. Like, no, other places are doing with their own cultural problems. They're not engaging in our culture war. Our culture war is actually uniquely American. Now it's kind of like how do you even have a global culture war? Right, different culture. When each doesn't agree on the culture. Yeah, I mean that, that that's what he's saying. What culture? What what universal what shared global culture? There is no shared culture. We by definition live in a fractured culture. Alluding to our stupid last article, the Tower of Babel. We all speak different languages, we all have different history. We're all different. Yeah, but that's good. Didn't you hear we successfully canceled Russia? We canceled the Tower of Babel. I'm going to cancel God. There's a pretty sinister undercurrent to this one, and I think it's just because David Brooks is such a nerd, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure that he's also making allusion to the Clash of Civilizations thesis, which was popular based on the work of Samuel Huntington and Bernard Lewis and the like like that, who basically are like, oh, the real wars aren't going to be between, you know, self-interested global actors all pursuing their rational, aggressive Machiavellian schemes. It's between like Muslims and Jews and Christians and Africans. But yeah. they like, didn't it, say yeah. that culture war would play out on Twitter with people accusing each other of being too cucked and soy faced. Yeah, I know. So they, they, they still meant soon. Yeah. they still meant there'd be an actual war. Yeah. It would just be over different ideologies. Not that it would just be people shitting on each other on the internet. That's not a fucking war. We have a war going on. We know what a war looks like. It feels to me like, you know, despite actual literal wars going on, that on some level, David Brooks is like, I'm afraid of Muslim Twitter. Yeah. You know, like something like that. Yes. I mean, I'll be honest. Muslim Twitter does not sound great. (laughs) I would not want to go. I wouldn't want to be on any religious. Or as they call it, Al Twitter. All right. Pause for applause. Uh, they got nothing. All right. Well, I'll cut that. Um, <laughs> Keep that you coward. Well, let's let's finish our last of the big thinkers. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, the last of the big thinkers uh, is appropriately from uh, Mr. Elon Musk. Oh, biggest brain in tech. And uh, Fox Business. Second biggest brain. Elon Musk calls out Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber for oh rarely tweeting. Oh my God. Quote, is Twitter dying? Subhead, Elon Musk notes, most of these top accounts tweet rarely and post very little content. Yeah, because it's almost like when there are 300 million people following you and you tweet like taking a shit, you don't get good responses. It's almost like it's, it's almost like people shouldn't have big numbers of things. It's almost like they're carefully managed brands. It's almost oh, like they don't care about Twitter as much as Elon Musk. Elon Musk is a fucking moron. 
Yes. Also, he just basically bought Twitter after I know. saying he hated it, which is hilarious and, to me. Well, he said he, he bought a chunk so he could change it, and he also broke SEC vi- uh, codes and yeah. made $150 million for free. Yeah, for, you know, tax exam because he's a scunt. He's a cunt. But the point is, he's a moron because, like, well, you know what? Actually, there's something interesting here. The fact that he does not think of himself as a carefully managed brand yeah. is is actually fascinating. He's like the most realist dude because he's not controlling of himself. He's he's not. He doesn't limit himself. He says whatever he wants. He doesn't control his brand for for good PR. He just goes hog wild because he's like, whatever. I have infinite money. I can do whatever I want. It's a, it's a playground, which I kind of respect, but he's still an idiot. I would respect him more if, if he didn't constantly delete his tweets. If you're going to be that stupid and reckless on on main, at least let it sit out there for posterity. You know, stand behind your your reckless tweets. Well, that... for him, it's like stand up. It's like if a joke doesn't land, everyone forgets. All right, we <laughs> yeah. move on to the next next open mic it is very strange that someone as like much of a reckless dumbass as he is even has the presence of mind to delete a bad tweet that's like a to me that's actually like a very moderately respectable act of like yeah i did shit to bed i should yeah, but the problem is the impulse to first publish a dumb tweet is the... yeah it's a weird combination like you'd think you would just have a guy who's like oh you shouldn't publish this nah. just hire, hire like one guy to look over his shoulder and be like nah bro like, no what happens is he tweets a bullshit he's like top engineer goes that's gonna fuck us over he's like ah fine i'll, I'll do it get rid of it that's good. You know, it's impossible. You can't just throw magnetrons on the rocket. Yeah. I'm just saying, oh, by if, the you, way, if you want to tweet like, you know, the vaccine is like a Jewish Soros conspiracy and then wait 40 minutes, then delete it. You could have just not done that. <laughs> we we missed it the other week. The cyber truck is officially dead. Yeah, oh, I saw no. that. It yeah. fucked normies. It just wasn't all funny you, enough to cut. All you bitches thought the cyberpunk future was real. Uh-uh, not in the good ways. Only all the, all the bad ways. And you don't even get the product you want. You don't even get the cool product at the end. Or will I get my weird angular vehicle? I I wonder if my my marketing campaign of taking fifty dollar down payments on a hundred thousand dollar truck was a was it a sound investment or whatever it was like a hundred dollars to reserve one? Fucking stupid. It's like well, a pre order for a video game. Now we have got we've gone from the just sort of generally stupid thoughts. <laughs> Into specifically Republican brain. Uh, oh, and, I love and the rot there. therein. It's the best brain, folks. For some reason, they've been getting really Republicans. <laughs> they've been getting really ornery over the last few months, kind of gearing up to start talking shit. Do we have um, a Do we have a Josh Hallway monitor? Sh- yeah. Show up or no? To my chagrin, uh, the New York Times does a pretty good job of categorizing this. So I got a couple from them. To my chagrin, sounds like a you know Fortune five hundred black CEO. All right. That's a good joke. Hmm. A college fights leftist academics by expanding into charter schools. Subhead, Hillsdale College is building a national charter school network. Tennessee invited the college to start 50 of them using public funds. Yep. Not a lot of manipulation here that I could tell. Just dog shit. Yeah, just absolute garbage. I, I just I don't understand the headline. How is one particular college fighting the academics? Are they fighting the leftists, that the fact that they're leftists, even though they're not, or the fact that they're academics? Are they firing the leftist academics from their school? Are they saying we're going to do the opposite? They're purging the, the cultural Marxists in public schools by destroying the public school system, it seems. Yeah, they're basically tacitly acknowledging that well-educated people are, are often correct. more likely to move left because... 
They have the facts to analyze. Is it correct? Yeah. The conditions. And Tennessee's like, we'll invest in that falsehood. <laughs> also, this is definitely not about helping wealthy white kids not go to the same schools as uh, black kids. Yeah, this isn't desegregation. Right. This isn't just totally secretly segregation for, for like taking its final form. Yeah. After the hundred years they've been trying to get it, or well, 60, 60 like sixty years, yeah. they've been trying to get it back legal. I mean, it's still actively playing leftism, so at least they're still on message. Yeah, it's on brand. Yeah, the academic leftists they're fighting are the ones that said you need to desegregate in 1954. That's that's what they're fighting. Yep. Well, Sorry, it's the it's U.S. Supreme been... Court back when it functioned. Yeah, it really sucks. Like, there's not a lot to talk about here. I mean, technically, there's tons you could talk about here, but there's not a lot for us to talk about that's funny. Well, um, Tennessee, you have an opportunity this election, which is coming up sooner than people are thinking, to yeah. oust all these fuckers and let stuff like this die. That would be a good topic, though, for a deep dive is yeah. charter, charter school system. It's I, really I agree. Great, it's really, really it's really shitty. It's, it's a combination of resegregation and Christian psycho, you know, psychosis. Yeah. Smashed into one. Yeah, plus plus the yeah the the extreme and just yeah rich just hold that rich have over shaping things like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and stuff. Yeah, and and it's like increasingly bipartisan, despite the fact that it's so obviously a gift to racists and Republicans. I have no idea why the I mean I get money, but I have no yeah, idea what yeah. ideologically would bring the Democrats to the table. Anyway, let's talk about something less depressing than that: um, abortion. Uh, in my other New York Times article. Woman in Texas charged with murder in connection with self-induced abortion. Whether the woman had the abortion or was aiding one was unclear. So once again, not so much deceptive as just horrifying. We've now seen the fruit of that earlier Texas legislation we covered, which was basically outlawing women having rights. Uh, and now they're actually acting on it. I was kind of worried it was going to be like a dog the bounty hunter chasing down abortion doctors, <laughs> which I think is also happening. But this one's now suing women for getting abortions. Well, and I mean, charging them with murder. Can't be surprised. This is exactly what the legislation was designed to do. By criminalizing abortion, you force women to take stuff in their own hands. Then you make that behavior criminal and you start throwing women in jail for not wanting to give birth to yeah. children they don't want. Which is not only extremely dangerous for the woman, but like the fact that you not only face very serious health risks of trying to do abortion outside of a medical facility, but to then face criminal prosecution in a state that might even put you to death for it is so insane as to be almost beyond satire. Well, I somehow doubt they're going to be putting people to death for it. But I mean, if you get if you are convicted of murder in Texas, there's a non-zero no, chance. No, 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 no. It has to be a capital murder. There's, there's different rules around how, how you can what you can get death penalty for. Well, I mean, it's unprecedented, right? Like we've never seen one of these go to f complete trial. We don't know how they're like what degree of murder they're going to be charged with. What no, this the is, circumstances this are. I mean, designed... it's presumably premeditated. Yeah, but this is all designed as a as a as a Supreme Court bait. Of course, this is not no, like course. they're going to see this case through. The, the... Yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, you don't, we don't know, right? Like, we don't know what's going to happen because yeah. this is such a bafflingly insane thing right, to but do. We don't know, so we shouldn't speculate that they're going to start putting women to death because that's just not the likeliest outcome. But there's, there's a different thing which is going on. There's a six degrees of Kevin Bacon here, which is you throw the woman in jail, you force her to give birth to the baby. The baby's now in the foster care, foster care system. The kid is live, you know, living in the 21st century where everything sucks. They become a burden on society and Republicans get their talking points out again. So it creates a cycle of misery that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene loves to talk about because her whole job is spreading misery. 
I mean, I mean, sure, that's certainly there too. But I mean, the fact that you're seeing like an exodus of women from Texas, and and this kind of horrific shit. I mean, th- this is having very serious consequences even before it res- gets through the courts, just in terms of the culture of fear and like chilling effect on basic human rights that's happening across several really insane Republican states right now that really are like on par with Taliban social politics. Yeah. Um, and and there's just no. There doesn't seem to be any sense of like, okay, this is just like one nut, get one nutty guy who got elected somehow. This is becoming fairly mainstream across the Republican Party in almost every state they control to try to pull some rank shit like this. Uh, it's called federalism, Alex. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, it's the beauty of federalism. This is the marble cake experimenting of the states. This is their right. Just, um, just to give a, you know, uh, some good news. I, I followed the story and the DA dropped the charges against her. Yeah, so. of course. But I mean, I still agree with everything that was said. Like it's, yeah, this is just the first of many, I think. The threat being the chilling effect is the goal. It's not the actual prosecution. It's the, it's the saber rattling. It's saying we could do this if we wanted to. Yeah. And the law is not repealed. Like whether or not they prosecute any individual woman, they could very well prosecute more. No, but it's also nothing stopping them. But it's also unconstitutional. And if ever was challenged would lose if they got it there. But that's the thing. They're hoping it gets to the Supreme Court where they can hopefully push it through. Under some ludicrous bullshit, but now we they got control the court so dramatically. Now we got black CEO. We got Katanji Brown Jackson who's gonna fucking whip in Nene and turn that shit down because that's what all the Democrats. But it doesn't matter. Want. She was replacing one of the three that were already liberal. It's still a six-three court. Oh, which means we're fucked. Like you Why have you? two Republican defectors in order to not kill Roe v. Wade. I don't didn't, see it happening. Didn't you know that you just have to vote D because every new Supreme Court candidate counts as five? Yeah. Well, I mean, Thomas might be dying, so. Just another brief piece of evidence for what I'm afraid of, which is that this is spreading across more than just Texas and Florida from Axios. Oklahoma governor signs bill making nearly all abortions illegal. Uh, Oklahoma governor Kevin Stitt, Republican, on Tuesday signed a law into bill, a bill into law, I don't know why it's written that way, that makes providing abortion a felony. So again, this is not like, one or two crazy states this is becoming like core republican plan which is blatantly violate constitutional rights and then as you say bait them into a legal challenge with the hope that this overturns roe v wade nationally so they basically it's a win-win for them because either they make their states into hell holes that have functionally subverted and perverted the rule of law uh indefinitely or it triggers a legal challenge which very likely destroys a, a right nationally um, so they've they've basically just decided any state that has Republican control no longer has rights for gay yeah, people, but, women, anything. But this isn't new. That's like that's been their plan since the seventies. Just well, finally they've they never have been the so close to it. achieving it. Yeah, yeah. It's just they're they've almost they're almost at the end of that race. Yeah, yes, they are following up on their action. In fact, if you were a psycho Republican, you were happy because they were getting your political ends accomplished. They were uh, achieving their mean their goals. Yeah. They're succeeding at their political project and it's their project happens to be evil, but they are good at politics. They are getting their politics done. But for all the people who are like, oh, they'll never actually do it. All they want no, to do is, it. you know, gin up their base and stuff. It's like, I do understand that cynicism. I do understand the idea that politicians are just ginning up their base, but no, they are, they are doing it. So you have to actually take it seriously. Like it's not just saber rattling when you're prosecuting people and, no. and banning basic human rights. People saying that are Democrats who are projecting. Because that's what Democrats do, right. is gin up their base and then not follow through. 
Republicans like following through if they can. They like spreading misery. Yeah, they, they love it. Actually. That is their bag, baby. It makes them feel big. Um, but let's talk about another thing that's spreading, which shouldn't be a surprise to no one. BA.2? <laughs> From C- CBS News. Mask mandates return as COVID-19 cases rise across the U.S. So, this isn't especially remarkable, except that we just stopped doing this like five seconds ago. Like, the amount of time between the surge and then the return to the masking is becoming so laughably short that at a certain point, you may as well just, like, keep it in your back pocket. <laughs> just, like, just, you just like half wear it and then slip it down the three seconds later when the news comes in that's like, oh, we shouldn't have done that because the pandemic's not over. I don't know. Like, this, one, this one's frustrating to me because we, we've been having these arguments even in, like, relatively progressive or liberal or democratic states as much as that's a thing about whether it makes sense to be doing mask mandates and we have these massive fights and it's like do you love your children then you don't want them to uh, wear masks or do you and then we like okay so we, we turn off mask mandates like what two weeks ago and now we're right back to we should probably do mask mandates it's just like what, what credibility do we have left as a society or as a government when we keep saying you don't need to do you know well, let's not do this thing and then we uh, sorry, we need to do it again. It's like if I was if I was like a vaccine skeptic or some other idiot who was like not sure about it. Well, now I'm super not sure about it because you have no credibility. Well, you, who's you the, how too many times? Who's the you in this example? The, the the U.S. government and its political parties and its institutions only credibility is saying, "Hey, we know th- 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 we're in crisis mode. You need to do these following things that are unpleasant to protect us." So please do them for the sake of everyone. If you've like four times now said you can stop doing them, no wait, you need to do them again. People are just going to stop doing it even if it does make sense to do it. Because you, you, you can't tell people like it's over when it's not over and then have them believe you and then say, no, it's wait, it's not over. Over and over again. You're just like, you're just boy who cried wolfing on the end of the pandemic. Well, it's not, it's not quite cried wolf because it's based on the numbers. So like when the numbers are high, everyone, it, it's because we're fundamentally reactive. The numbers go, you know, we put our masks on, the numbers start to drop. Everyone goes, oh, great, the numbers are down, we can take our masks off. Then the numbers start to go up again. People go, oh, no, the numbers are up again, more people are dying, put your masks back on. But it's almost like the numbers went up because we took the masks off. Yes. We are never going to fully eliminate it because we don't have the capacity as a governing system. So it's just going to be this cycle of, oh, should we put our masks on? Yeah. Oh, oh is it low enough if you don't care? Go to rest- Go to restaurants? Cool. No big deal. And some start parts of the country are going to keep the mask mandates on for a long time. Some are never going to have never going to put them back on. I, I guarantee you, Florida's not going back on their mask mandates for Texas. So it's just going to be we have a totally stochastic rant, like incoherent. Although you know, it's actually not incoherent. It's just the conservative states are going to have no mask mandates, and the and the more liberal states are going to have mask mandates, and the viral rates are going to be different in each state. That's just what we're going to live with. It's, it's just it's so completely predictable what's going to happen. That it's laughable to the, but also incredibly irresponsible to have ever dropped these in the first place when you were fully aware it was going to result in mass death once again and forcing to go back to them anyway. Yeah, and if we had all just done it for six months at the very beginning in 2020, it would have been gone anyway. But we don't have the capacity to just do to all pull in lockstep. So it's just going to be this cycle for a long ass time until it fades to the back burner. It's just like the flu, although more deadly. But it's like the way we, on a policy level, treat the flu, and it's just gonna be it's just gonna be that thing in the back. Oh, you hear the new COVID news, and I really, yeah. yeah, we're not eliminating it. Just get that out of your brain. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get that out of my brain because I don't believe that. And I don't think that we can have a functioning society if we don't eliminate it. But that's what did you have in? I just going to say that. And, and this is exacerbated, although this has been true to some extent since the very first strain of COVID uh, hit the world, that like BA2 is something that we were tracking and we were well aware was coming for months uh, before it, it hit the US and was widespread. So it's like, it wasn't even just like, yes, at this point, you should know that it's a pattern. It's like, no, you knew when it would hit, you knew how it was spreading. And still, like, just as it was burgeoning into the newest widespread wave of infections, he said, hey, there's been enough time. I checked my calendar. It's been a, you know, a month since last peak. Let's take those those masks off, boys and girls. It's just so stupid. Like, it's, it's, it's not even just, you know like like fatigue it's like it's fatigue in the face of of blatant um you know telegraphed information it's just so lazy and stupid and and uh like i i completely understand people um feeling fatigue on an individual level even though i don't support them uh using that to give permission to themselves to endanger others but governments aren't supposed to cede to that kind of stuff uh but yeah for for you know for the, the the point we're at right now uh can't really hope for even the the, the basic minimum from our government yeah. and it's just it's another thing that like was exclusively a republican talking point until it wasn't and it was a it was an insane like conspiracy theory trump era holdover to say like oh the vaccine's not going to work or the masks aren't going to work or we sh- we shouldn't do these just send them back to the grist mill and almost like clockwork it's been about two years and the democrats have just internalized it and it's just half the Democrats now are like, well, business needs to operate. Eh, people need to do what they need to do. And eh, we're never going to fix this. So, And it's like, have any kind of political ideology or, or get off the pot. Like, if, if you want to oppose conspiracy theory bullshit, then please oppose it. And if you don't, then fuck off and let someone else oppose it. Because we don't need two Republican parties. And this was a laughable conspiracy theory take two years ago that has now become almost every state you know, house in the country with, with a bunch of Democrats going like, I don't know, they're not happy about the masks. Uh, it's, it's, it's just sick to me. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, the, the Democratic Party is not going to say, you know what, Alex, you're right. Time to stand by your principles. No, they will, they will fall to capital. No, of course. It's just, it's just more evidence for the obvious that Correct. They, they could not give less of a shit about what actually Step one, stop expecting better. Step two, revolution. Sure. Speaking of revolution... Mm-hmm. In the last of our Republican brain rot articles, as we lead into the inevitable Ukraine and Russia news from CNN, Trump brazenly asks Putin to release dirt about Biden's family. I thought he did this two or three years ago. Yeah, he did it again like two weeks ago. Wait, <laughs> no, ask ago. Putin. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. originally it was he asked Zelensky to do it. In or, the like, middle of the war sides. with Russia, literally in the middle of the Russia, you know, Russo-Ukrainian war, whatever it ends up being called, Putin's like. You know, you know, Putin's a little focused, and, and, and then Trump goes, um, "You know, I know you're fighting a war, but could you give me some dirt?" I mean, Putin's not. What do you got? He's got like eight shadow chancellor spy masters. They could do it if they wanted. He's busy. He's busy purging all of them right now. He's though. busy just giving speeches and being mad. Yeah, it's just just wild. This it's hard to to believe that this man exists. Trump. Which one? Because they're both insane. <laughs> no, nah, this is per- this is the most Trump thing Trump's ever done. This is quintessential Trump. 
essence of Trump. Trump ass. Like he has like, no fucking clue about optics or anything. He doesn't give a shit. But was he? He's right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't come across as bad for him. You don't think tying yourself to Putin at the moment that he's probably the most hated man in the world is going to have any consequences for him? No, I do not. I hope you're not right, but you could be. I mean, this yeah. means fuck all to his supporters. If anything, it means like, man, look how fucking cool he is. He's, he's talking to Putin in the middle of a war. Like, yeah, he thinks it's chill. If that's and true. Rachel Maddow can be like, bah, 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 but that's not right. She can do that all she wants. She's not convincing anyone. I mean, if that's true and it has no effect on his base, then that, I guess I, I actually like that because that means his base is, is at least a bit smaller than I thought it was because there's, this is like the most blatant of transgressions of like, yeah, of, of like any kind of, of basic decorum and not even like the kind of decorum that, you know, uh, mainstream Democrats or Republicans like to talk about, but like the kind of like, just like basic faux pas of like when the entire world um, and the vast majority of politicians on both sides of the aisle are are railing against someone as being worse than Hitler, you probably shouldn't be trying to to wink, wink, nudge, nudge them. But the man, the man, I mean, he's he's been very rarely burnt before, so why why wouldn't he try for it whenever he feels like it? In my opinion, we are so past the faux pas stage. I think I think he is genuinely right that he could kill someone on Fifth Ave and he could get elected again. I think if he whipped his dick out and put it on national television, most people would be like, man, I got a big dick to Trump. That's awesome. I'm cool. And the other people would be like, damn, Trump's got a bigger dick than me. Like, it wouldn't affect anything. No one would give a shit. It wouldn't be like, oh, well, now he can't run. It doesn't matter. Only thing that matters for him is raw accumulation of power. This doesn't in any way intersect. There are different dimensions. Let's put it this way. The the Republican Party broadly has gotten in line with the rest of American politics and the deep state and the military and everyone in saying that Putin's out of his fucking gourd and that this war is like basically an atrocity and a threat to Western alliances and NATO. So the Republic, the only thing the Republicans are wedded to more than Trump is being an American empire. And the idea that the Republicans are going to collectively change their mind and suddenly be pro-Putin seems very unlikely. No, not the Even Repub if Trump is. Not the candidates, but the the people. The voters don't give a shit. Sure, it's just it, this is going to drive an even bigger wedge than was already forming between Trump and the rest of the Republican Party. Good. I um, hope they keep fighting each other like everyone's shitting on Cawthorn. Yeah. I, 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 yes, that would be great. That would actually, sowing discord inside the Republican elites is good. Yeah. But this has no impact on his base. Like Mitch McConnell is pretty much the bellwether of like what the mainstream Republican position is. And he's already multiple times come out and been like, Zelensky's a hero and Putin's a monster. And this is horrible, which is all basically true. I mean, he's saying it for cynical reasons, uh, other than Zelensky being an unambiguously good figure. But whatever. Right. They're, they're both much greater than that. The, the mean, point is, the point is the, the, the disconnect between Trump and the Republicans is now becoming very, very obvious in a way that is interesting. I mean, I, I think it will cost him internally within the party much more than it costs him, as you say, with his voting base. Trump's a new bull moose party. I don't know. It'll do but yeah, Trump to fuck it up. like I would not be surprised by like Trump independent run or something because well, I don't, I don't be even amazing. I don't even know if he gets the, the the candidacy at the rate he's going. Like now, he's losing track of the Republican like ideology really quickly. That would shatter the Republican Party. That would be crazy. Yeah. And the Democrats would be like a dog who finally got the bone. They wouldn't know what to do with it. Like, 
We we won with like sixty five percent of the vote. What the fuck? How do we? What do we do? Do we do we have a mandate yeah. though? I I just think <laughs> we have a non zero chance of like a Ross Perot style Trump. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because that of how far long, he's drifting. Though. No, that was it wasn't. That was in the nineties. Yeah, that was in the nineties. It's ninety two. It's great because you know he would just call it the Trump Party. Like he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't call it anything <laughs> You're else. right. And and his like twenty five percent of the country would always vote for him, which would totally fuck the actual Republican. But see, then so. the question is: Is it like Islam? Like when he dies, like who gets to continue? Gets the the continue yeah. the lineage of the Trump Party? Is it his birth children? Is it Kushner? Is it all like the married in lawyers? Who who counts as a real Trump? Like you know, do Eric and and Junior have to like fight to the death? It, ha- the- it has to be Baron, right? Because he's the only one who's not been destroyed <laughs> in the public eye. And he's named fucking Baron. Yeah, Baron von Trump. It's the sickest name ever. Okay. He's got oh. autism. So he'll get along like great with Elon and the new future rules. Does he actually, world. or is that just like a riv? I think he has autism. Yeah, because like I believe that. I just don't that's, know if it's actually true. It's also not a put down. Like it's it's he's not a bad person. In fact, he's probably no, one I, of the no, most I, ethical Trumps out there. I'm not talking about whether it's a put down. Just I didn't want to jump on that if that's true or not. If it's not, I don't just, care. T- I, in Minecraft, whatever. TM allegedly Minecraft. Whatever. Yeah, he has autism, but only when playing Minecraft. Only in Roblox. It doesn't matter. I when you when you compare it to Islam, I just it would be so funny if if like MBS like cozied up to Trump so much they convinced him to convert to Islam or something. <laughs> Trump gets MBS to convert to Trumpism. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like. Uh, He's like Augustus. Who's like mm, this Christianity sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. They do a swap part where uh, Trump becomes Muslim and uh, MBS becomes Jewish. Yeah, they swap ah. jer- they swap jerseys. Yeah, at the end of the game. Well, people of the book, he holds a Quran upside down. Yeah. Oh no, that's a Photoshop waiting to be made. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I have no segue because that was so baffling. But let's return to the Ukraine Russia stuff. You're welcome. Um, uh, from Reuters.com. Russia decided to get in on the insane uh, banning of human rights. Russia revokes registration of Amnesty and Human Rights Watch. Uh, Basically, Russia has decided that because it's getting its war crimes investigated, that human rights organizations are not real. They're not allowed to, like, investigate in Russia? They're not allowed to exist in Russia. Like, they're, they're no longer referred to as organizations. They're, like, banned. Okay. This is, I assume, Amnesty International. Yeah, Amnesty International yeah, and yeah. Human Rights Watch, the two biggest, uh, essentially, Western yeah. uh, organizations dedicated to sniffing out human rights abuses. Now, again, I, I don't want to comp- provide complete cover there. They do both have problems. Um, they're, they're both much yeah, more right than they should be. And they both do have an American bias. But, like, they also do what they say they do. Like, the, the, the fact that they have a bias doesn't mean they don't do what they do. Uh, no, they just happen to selectively choose all of Americans' enemies and say, "Oh, you're violating human rights." But this is this is like we were talking about with the cops, like opting out of those FBI hate right. uh, watch stuff. Like, yeah, cool. Like, and yeah, so it's it's funny because it's it's it strikes me as like one once again one of those like really pathetic moves that proves the very thing it's meant to avoid. It's like the Streisand effect. Like, if you have to ban human rights organizations from your country that you were totally fine with until two minutes ago it kind of just says everything right like you don't they don't even need to provide a report you've basically written it for them right the power move is banning them before you do the invasion right you know what's coming you should have banned them like eight years ago when he did the first one just to like get ready for right. this one you should give some speech like these are secret branches of of the cia and nato and fuck them and they're not real human rights organizations 
And no, then, the, the yeah. HR, the, the Human Rights Watch might actually be a branch of the U.S. Deep State, but even so, this is the wrong time to ban them if you want to make any kind of point that doesn't look like just, I don't want to be caught with my shit in my pants. Yeah, it just feels, feels like them saying, oh, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And they have, so. Mm-hmm. And people have still heard about it, so I guess, you know, just just some, ni- I, some I guess, some nice, nice petty you know, sometimes you just have to blow up a train station. What? Shot across the bow. Yeah, it's not a human rights violation. It's a trains right violation. Look, sometimes you just have to leave landmines in a city. That's just what you do. The masculine urge to leave yeah, exactly. landmines in a city. True like, Russians Oscar. mine their own country that the train is theirs. Yeah, really insane. Um, but that this was like once again to me, this was like on level with the Trump thing. It's like this is going to work, right? Well, let's just say it. <laughs> this is a good look. There is there is no way to confirm that like this will be the end of Putin. No, you're right. I mean, no. he may very well survive this, um, which is also says something that he's kind of like you know the the Trump of Russia, where like they just can't seem to get rid of him. Yeah, but he consolidated power way better in Russia. Well, yeah, he's had Trump twenty there. fucking years. Yeah. you know, Trump's too old. But like, if Trump had gotten in there a lot earlier, who knows? Um, this is this one's very strange to me, and I, I wanted your take on what you think they're saying. From the Washington Post, war impels many in Ukraine to abandon Russian language and culture. Impels? Uh, it's a weird way of just saying, like, urges. Yeah, it's like halfway between compels and suggests. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a word that basically no one ever uses. Um, like, are they intentionally, like, scrubbing their mind of the knowledge of Russian? No, it just means they'll, they'll like speak Russian less or teach their not teach your kids it. But like, are they going to do less like bending on the knee, kick dancing now? I mean, right. What, what exact can, can someone conveniently define for me Russian culture or like American culture in a way that's cohesive? They are no longer going to wear tracksuits and squats. Right, they're no longer going to wear Adidas. Like, what what are they talking about? What do they? What does whoever wrote this think Russian culture means? Right. I, I guarantee they they saw some. You know, anecdotes, heard some anecdotes about, as I have, about, oh, my grandma has spoken Russian and Ukrainian her whole life. After seeing her cities bombed by Russia, she's no longer going to speak Russian anymore and is focusing only on Ukrainian as a language. It's like, it's a a, a, really a nothing story. Like, even, even if the roots behind it of how people who maybe had felt some ties to Russia to see their friends, their family, their countrymen destroyed by Russian forces, obliterated um, by Russian bombs, like has has deeply hurt them and caused some right. kind of real uh, cultural wound that did not need to happen uh, is being turned into like a mm-mm, we're, we're turning our backs on, on Russia. Russia no longer invited. Only Ukrainian culture in this house, which is very, very dumb. Right? It's, it's striking as like a freedom fries thing where it's like, even though this is an individual dictator's decision that we've just decided that the entire peoples of Russia are at fault and the Russian language and culture are at fault. So it's just like, we can't do those anymore. Like a substantial uh, minority of Ukraine, something like 40% are ethnic Russians and their native language is Russian. Is that just not true now? Like, I don't understand what this, like, what does that mean? They can just shirk that identity. What? No big deal. Just just such a fucking weird thing to say. Like, it's now, you know, freedom vodka. Like, I just, I don't, under, I don't even understand what this would mean. Like, if, if it means, like, the eternal sunshine of the spotless Russian, 
I guess that's a very weird thing to assert, but I actually think it means something much more sinister, which is they're terrified of being like pogromed by Ukrainians for collaborating with Putin. Like, like the the the, mm. the native Ukrainians are like, uh oh, Putin's made us right, seem so, like collaborators. Right. If anything, Russian is scare is is in right. I see what you're saying. So I suspect what's actually going on is native Ukrainian Russians are going. We better shut the fuck up because we don't want to look like we're allied to Putin, and right, we don't, don't want to give any reason to get fucking lynched by rightfully angry but misguided anger from the Ukrainian population or military. Yeah, I mean, no idea if that's true, but it certainly sounds pretty reasonable to me. Or at least they're hedging their bets. They don't they don't want to be even associated. Again, like I don't want to jump to conclusions, but as descendants of Jews who fled from Ukraine because they were getting murdered in pogroms, um, no country is immune to lynching people they perceive as traitors or outside of their cultural mainstream. Yeah, especially during war. So what Putin's doing is insanely belligerent and evil, and it should be noted that he's throwing under the bus Ukrainian Russians as hard as anyone, because now they're in this ridiculous position of having to affirm a, an identity over their own identity, just like you know Japanese internment in the United States right. in World War II or any other peoples who are now caught between these these powers. And this is the reality that when, whenever any major country goes to war, it reflects badly on your people and your culture. Yeah. Like if, you know, China's doing some dank colonialism, it makes it like look bad to be Chinese. If Russia's doing this shit, it makes it bad to look Russian. All, like the, the amount of bad will that America has garnered over the last 20 years, garnered over the last 20 years for our shit in the Middle East, makes Americans look bad and like we're dumb assholes. Yeah. So yeah, like there's another re throw another chalk another one on the list of reasons to not go to war is because it makes your culture look fucking stupid. But also when you when you consider the immense wealth and richness of of Russian culture, which has contributed a huge amount to Western civilization, been around a long ass time. You throw all of that in the dumpster because of Putin strikes me as like yeah, it's not letting permanent. it's like but it's like letting you know bin laden destroy our constitution through 9-11 like it's it's destroying something yeah, good that, that did out of a ludicrous overreaction to an evil individual but so basically, i'm just seeing a lot of parallels there but like bin laden in my opinion essentially did single-handedly take down america and two it's not like permanent it's just like being you know it'll be like anti-russian will be invoked for the next few years yeah we don't know it, it depends how it depends how it bears out yeah yeah but yeah it feels very much very much like um, you know, kind of uh, immediate uh, repugnance or or aggression towards anyone who speaks, you know, um, the second most like common language in the world, Mandarin, when you hear it, because you think the CCP is is evil, right? Or even just it, it much 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 dumber. Well, I don't know, if much much dumber, but um, even more nonsensical version of like you hear anyone speak. Um, you know, Spanish and assume they're from Mexico and you hate Mexican immigrants. So mm, right. which yeah. requires several complexes to yeah, jump to, but a lot of people do it. Yeah. Stupid, but yeah. Speak yeah, American. Because it's just like language language is, doesn't have ethics or, or any right. moral thing. It's just so I mean it but, can but did but you know it, Spanish is gendered? <laughs> and to be a good liberal you yeah. have to be like this this language is oppressive. Every, so, so to be a good liberal, you have to be anti-Spanish. Yeah, yeah you have to be anti-romance languages. You have to tell Spanish people that their O's and A's should be X's. Yeah, you should have a totally functional and logical language like English. <laughs> which or definitely a good, isn't 
good mm. ordered language like German. Uh -oh. Yeah, bloated uh -oh. and filled with stuff from like five other languages that makes it completely incomprehensible to second language learners. Um, speaking of bizarre things, in our last uh, Ukrainian questions, <laughs> this is from Yahoo. Oh, the real wild bag. Sean Penn took a minute while pumping his gas to think about fighting Russia. <laughs> What? <laughs> what is this? this is an oh. actual headline. Was Sean Penn at a gas station and a thought bubble like yeah. coalesced out of nowhere? Like goddamn Doctor Manhattan reformed? I left for like five minutes. It's like I man, I'm thinking about go fight in Russia. What? This was this is this is so obvious. Like he's been obsessed with with like with supporting Ukraine against Russia militarily. Yeah. Um, but this is so clear. He picked up the gas pump. It felt like a gun. And he thought about using it on Russians, and that was it. He had like a five-year-old at the gas station moment. Yeah, or he looked at like the six dollars for gas price and was like, mm. "I'll kill to lower no, these." No, it's it's the scene from uh, what's that Ben Stiller movie where they're all models? Yeah, Zoolander. Yeah, Zoolander, where they all spray at each other with gas, and then someone lights a cigarette, and they all die. Yeah, but isn't he also like he like loves El like El Chapo Guzman? Like he like hangs out with. Well, drug he interviewed what? he interviewed him for a role. He's like a weirdo. He's. He actually has very good politics. Yeah, but he talks to all these weird, like, dissident pe figures. Yeah. But he, he's a weird dude. This he is, is why in you, fact, weird. You don't mix your, your politics with your actors. This is also, on the other end of the spectrum, why you don't, like, be Jim from The Office and then go CIA spook. Like, well, yeah. stop dipping your, your be a good actor in, your, in the politics. L let's put it this way. This was funny to me for two reasons. One is the obvious, which is just, it's a very funny head. Like, it's just well-constructed to make fun yeah, of them. very funny. On the other hand, this is almost certainly a dig at him for being, like, left. And for not, like, putting his money where his mouth is, even though he's 61. How like, is what's he gonna though? do? Well, he was, like, a friend, he was literally, like, a personal friend of Hugo Chavez. He's defended dissidents across the world. He's defended people who resist... But how is fighting Russians left-wing? It's not. No, it's, it's not. It's up. just that in this case... A famous longtime leftist is trying is claiming he's going to do something or thinking about doing something, and they're ridiculing him for not following through. You're saying the article is being like this guy, you know, ignoring all his privilege and his benefits from society while yeah. pumping his gas. Like maybe I'll think about doing something that requires right. more courage. It's like and the most to, oh, okay, so. Hollywood liberal elites don't put their money where their mouth is, like good gun-toting American conservatives would have. And it's like. How many fucking guys in their 60s are going to fight for Zelensky? Like, what the fuck are you talking no, about? The irony is, actually, a lot of activists from Hollywood do more than you'd think because they have the means to. Like, right. Di DiCaprio takes very seriously his, his activism on climate. He's doing a lot more than most people. It's because he's got the means to do so. Sean Penn is worth lots of money, and he's been retired, you know, essentially retired from acting. He's got the means to do whatever the fuck he wants. Go travel around the world. Go talk to interesting, cool people have form opinions he is right now filming a film about ukraine to uh, to mobilize people to fight for ukraine because most of the people who are going and fighting for ukraine are essentially boxers and like mma fighters who are ukrainian yeah. who are basically all fascists so yeah let's not get into that. you know like <laughs> that's a separate problem you know cool do your thing be an old, old actor this to me is a the fact that some brag feels this needs to be a story is I, like the media problem that you're getting at. Yeah. The actual story is like a whole big nothing. It was just, it was the perfect headline because I could genuinely laugh at it while also going, yeah, this is a hit piece against a guy for being left. Um, I mean, I thought, I thought him threatening to destroy his Oscar if they didn't let Zelensky speak. It was it. pretty tough. It was pretty tough. But... Oh no, like he's, he's a wacky guy, 
Like he he's not a perfect person. He's had like issues. His like, heart's clearly in the right. He's got yeah. some of that Ben Affleck dumb guy energy, you know, a little bit of it. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's more it's more like the Elon impulsive energy. Like I wouldn't say he's dumb, but he's definitely like he just says it or does it before thinking through whether he should have. But it, it's also a grain of that like what the original use of um uh oh fuck what's the term? Come on, help me guys, help me out with the the term. It's like I don't know what you're thinking. Of. You know where you're like standing up for a thing, but just for the looks. Virtue, virtue signaling? signaling. Yeah, like 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 that's the actual use of virtue signaling. Like to him, the virtue is like he's signaling that he is good and he will destroy the Oscar if they do a bad thing. Like to me, that's the kind of original use of virtue signaling. And it's a kind of an appropriate use. But now it just is like you slander anyone you don't like is doing virtue signaling. So Yeah, I just think it's kind of hard to shit on someone for virtue signaling when they're actually spending tons of time and energy and resources to help the thing they're claiming. Like he's he doesn't have to be filming a movie in support of the Ukrainian resistance. Right no, but now. it's the same thing as burning your Nikes because like they made a Colin Kaepernick commercial. It's the same yeah, sure. signaling. Well, well, we, we should watch that when it comes out, because I'm sure that it will not be perfect. That's all I'll say. No, I'm sure it won't. But I, I for one, stand Sean Penn pumping his gas and thinking about fighting Russians. That's hey, I mean, it's better, better than most people who imagine, you know, killing Arab terrorists in their movie theater. Or whatever. How dare he yeah. pump gas? He should be driving an EV. <laughs> yeah, that's the real thing. He's supporting Americans for once. Um. Let's move on to our generalized, just sort of hell world section. Oh, since we, we, we I, I don't want to do too much. In we Ukraine weren't there yet. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been in Ukraine and Russia for a while. Let's talk about the other biggest threat. Oh, yes, yeah, we, we, we should update people. We're currently recording this from Ukraine. Yeah, we're recording it from Ukraine in our minds in Minecraft. Um, but yeah, NATO is threatened by Putin, but that's not the only issue. From Politico.com, the White House is freaked out that Putin's next big win could be in Paris. If Russia apologist Marine Le Pen wins the French elections, Washington fears she could unravel the Western NATO alliance. Where, which, where's this from again? Politico. Yeah, um, I mean, they don't really need to tie it into Russia, but, like, yeah, the, Rush, the first round of uh, French presidential elections have gone on. And fascinating the way that story's been covered. Everyone keeps saying, you know, uh, Macron got 27%. Le Pen got 23%. Who got 22%? Uh, the socialist? Uh, he doesn't need to be mentioned. It's a two-person race. Yep. Good stuff. And it's almost like what that guy tells his voters to do will determine the entire outcome of the election. And the choice between far-right social politics versus far-right economic politics is surely one that the French cannot wait to make. Yep. But the real issue is they have to pick the, the capitals once that we can preserve NATO. Yep, apparently. exactly. <laughs> now, Le Pen is a terrifying person. Oh, she's a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I'll be the first to say it. But still, so is Macron. Yeah, but but he represents uh, that chick from Germany. Like, stability, e economy, like, bullshit. He doesn't represent... Well-known German like, chick, Angela Merkel. Yeah, you know, I, you, I don't give a shit. Uh <laughs> He doesn't represent, you know, Sauron shouting to war because that's what Le Pen right. represents. Though he is selling like nuclear submarines to Australia or whatever. So whatever they need him. He's kind of in there. Hey, you that's, see, that's, see, that's, see. As you, that's normal. That's typical he's behavior. Kind of wildlife they have to deal with over there. They need nukes for that shit. Also, if the threat is that fighters. France pulls out of NATO, that would suggest Marine Le Pen is less warlike. No, because, well, not necessarily. 
I'm just she, saying the logical step from pulling out of military alliance because of entanglements. No, but she might desire. do like Frexit. She might do <laughs> quite you, and she might do. No, like, I liked it. And like you know, get out of NATO, and then the whole world's fucked, fucking destabilized. Yeah, she may be pulling like the you know the action She's a pull hero. out queen. She, ret- oh. <laughs> she retires from the get army. Get that image out of your head. She could become a special um. operative. <laughs> Recycling bin ex- emptied. Yeah, it was not hard. <laughs> Delete one. one I've now replaced all images of her in my mind with um, Angela Merkel. But uh, yeah, so so Marine Le Pen is the daughter of like an out, out and out French fascist, and she has been basically repping his party and trying to rehabilitate them from like open fascists to like soft fascists, which I guess is better than what they used to be, kind of. But the fact that this is even the options tells you how fucked France's politics have become. Seeing it used to be like the hotbed of like Western socialism, and now it's basically dog shit like everywhere else. But the fact that this is framed as like. You have to stop fascism to preserve NATO. It's a very interesting look at like the kind of Democrat brain, like this like deep state Democrat alliance that's really been forming in this new Cold War that we're brewing up, which is the good responsible conservatives are actually like the capitalist libs and who are preserving us against the fascists like Trump or, or uh, Marine Le Pen. And in order to preserve the deep state and the international uh, order, based on American empire, we have to vote Dem or Macron, which is a really bizarre shifting of alliances, but not entirely unforeseen given what the last six years have been. Right. It's actually a perfectly rational alliance. These spooks want to keep existing. Yeah. They recognize that fascism will lead to most likely annihilation because someone, some fascists, if they become president, it's going to drop nukes. And that's the end of everything. So they recognize it's in their interest to be like, no, just keep, we'll just ride the capitalism train until it ends. That'll, that, that'll last longer. It's the Blue Blue Alliance, which is a joke that like six people are going to get. I don't get it. So, you know. Blue is the color of the Democratic Party. It's also the color of conservatism in Europe. Um, okay. Six people are going to love that shit. Yeah, but they're they're laughing right now. Um, in Minecraft. <laughs> in Minecraft, exactly. <laughs> uh, six might have been high. Well, the point is, uh, uh, we got we to we really hold one out for uh, Macron. Man, we really it. need I, Minecraft skins now. Yeah. I gotta find my Minecraft login from 10 years ago. More than 10. <laughs> when you were like, here's this zip file from Notch. <laughs> it's like Swedish website. No, I was I was building a city from Game of Thrones in it, which means it had to have at least been partway into that. Maybe. Anyway, before I out myself as wasting even more of my life, <laughs> uh, from independent.co.uk, as we move from French fuck-ups to English fuck-ups, Black man stopped by Met Police for, quote, wearing coat during warm weather. Subhead, you're not dressed for the climate, officers told the 20-year-old before searching him. Where was this? I don't know, somewhere in in the UK. I watched the video of it. It was just a black guy, like, walking down the street, and a bunch of police rushed him because he had, like, a coat on. But it was hot? It was too hot out? They were arguing that because it was like 60 degrees that he shouldn't be wearing a winter so, coat. So if he, so he was wearing a coat, he must be like concealing weapons or right. something. I mean, that's it was funny. one of the weirdest videos. It felt like a Reno 911 yeah, yeah, call because yeah. there was a female cop in there too. Oh. And they were, they were trying to be like apologetic, but like also we're going to racial profile you. Uh, vote Tory because there's black people wearing coats during hot weather. Right. Like and what the fuck is going the on? The guy was like, what are you talking about? And he was clearly like Jamaican as well. So like he's used to a much higher climate. It's like, I don't know. Everything was fucking weird about it. 
But, I mean, maybe they just didn't like his drip or they wanted eminent domain and steal his cool jacket. <laughs> it kind of felt like it. Like, imagine if the end of that Willem Dafoe drip video, the cops are like, sir, it's too warm out. You can't be wearing this drip. So you're under this is the fashion police. <laughs> yeah, that's just how did they not make a fashion police pile? I don't know how they missed you it. You fucked up so bad, people who wrote this. That's what happens when you're when you're in the You say fashion police faux pas. Black man stopped for wearing yeah. clothes during hot weather. Rise what? of the fashion police? You how know, like... am I a better like armchair journalist than all these fuckers? Holy shit. Get on your A game. Rise and grind. No, they, they don't need to. <laughs> They're in some sinecure. It would be, I, I mean, I don't want people to be racially profiled, but it would be very funny if they started to enforce this across like all all demographics and like the, all the weird like white kids who uh wear shorts in the middle of winter around <laughs> campus <laughs> and they put you force put on like snow pants yeah this is not appropriate to the climate oh this is another excuse to arrest like homeless people like sir you're not dressed for the occasion you may as well arrest like a third of the midwest because they're just yeah. used to the cold weather and they do that um uh, yeah very very strange that this was especially because it wasn't even that warm it was just like a slightly warmer day than usual in early spring. I want there to now be mass protests where everyone shows up wearing giant baggy over the top jackets. Yeah. And everyone's super warm. Yeah, frisk like, this. Want yeah. another V for Vendetta Photoshop of like everyone's in big giant puffy North Face jackets? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm having fun. Well, fortunately, the Brits take law very seriously, which is why you get headlines like this one from Reuters. Wife of UK finance minister agrees to stop avoiding UK tax. Okay, look, I've been following this because once again, I, li I listen to a lot of British news. It's bad. I it, bet. It's, they, they are chain-smoking scandals for the last two years. It is insane. It, but it's really not that different from the Steve Mnuchin shit uh, when Trump first picked him. I was like, oh, you're, you're like nakedly corrupt. And your wife is nakedly corrupt? Oh, okay, cool. You like f you fly private jets to D.C. every weekend? It's really just that shit. She's just saving yeah. millions and millions of dollars in taxes because she's uh, she's from India originally instead of being a resident, uh, you know, being naturalized in the U.K. So she files her taxes in India, even though she makes, like, dozens of millions of dollars. So, yeah. you know. And is, like, married to the minister of finance of the entire country. Yeah, she's married to big money man. It's, 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 it's bad. Not great, folks. <laughs> It's very kind of her, though, to to agree to follow the law. Fine, I guess if I have to, I'll pay extra millions of dollars in tax, even though it's voluntary. Criminal agrees to start abiding law once scrutiny levied. Like, okay, cool. Criminal agrees to pay restitution. Uh, not really. You're kind of forced, whether you like to or not. Yeah, so so we would be remiss to have covered international fuck-ups without having hit once again on our good friends, the Chinese Communist Party. A new academic study, which I looked into just to make sure it seems to be legitimate, uh, as reported on by Insider. 71 Chinese inmates on death row had their hearts or lungs removed during executions, but before being declared dead, new study says. How is, how is this a study? How, how did like a, like a grad student and the professor like waltzed into a, the death camps in China? Yeah, there, there is what? something. There is something a little odd about their methodology because they used published papers in the Chinese language 
as the basis for their data. And they, it was like big N, but it was also, there's obvious room for bias there because it, being written in Chinese language doesn't mean that they're written by reputable sources. It just means they're in Chinese. I mean, but still, it seems to be based on some actual set of data. I mean, this is some Game of, game of Thrones shit. Like, this is yeah. savage. But, I mean, I don't, it doesn't really change the fact that, like, the people are going to die anyway. And everyone has their own insane methods of execution. But, like, yeah, yeah I mean, this is fucked. It's not, not good. But it, it does suggest a perverse incentive behind executing people to get their organs. You're saying they're actually harvesting them? Yes. Oh, I thought they're just doing like just for fun. Cannibal Lecter shit. I I don't no, know. No, no. There was there was long-standing suspicion that China was using prisoners as sources of organs for transplants into other people. This is this is a plot point in one of the day, more recent Deus Ex games, and the Illuminati yeah. are behind it. Yeah, and so and the fucking train bombing was a plot point in the last Deus Ex game. I, shit. I, I don't remember if they're the most, but they're certainly up there. China's one of the top um, death sentence Anders Outers of the world. I would have and, thought it's us for sure. Well, yeah, in, individual American states are bad, but not we're not as bad as China now. China is, is I think, by far the, still the top. Yeah, so chi China continues the horrific policy of death sentences in the first place, which really should be mostly reporting on the question, as we've covered previously with, like, are you comfortable in death? I mean, it's not really that important. But... The, the the fact that there's almost certainly a perverse incentive that would be like we're sentencing people to death just because we need a, a lung is really fucked like it's yeah on, really. on, i mean it's really hard to I mean, argue with that not being completely insane against medical ethics against do they not have a rights. voluntary organ donation program do they not have people who die in car accidents like what are you talking about well let's get let's get real even in the united states plenty of people die for lack of organ transplants because we don't have enough organs so their their like utilitarian calculation here seems to be if they're going to die anyway we may as well harvest their organs and repurpose them so i understand the logic there it just is contravenes like all basic medical ethics yeah what, what i'm saying is one you know definitely don't do it before you kill them but two yeah. like are they saying they're Sending, uh, sentencing people to death who otherwise would not have been sentenced to death so that they could steal their organs? They're not saying that, but I'm implying that because that's what a perverse incentive is. If, if a state becomes dependent on, say, you know, money from uh, you know, taxing cigarettes or taxing gambling, and then there's a decline in those things, the state's imperiled because then they can't afford to pay for stuff. If, if the Chinese health system is reliant on lots of harvested organs from prisoners, then it creates a kind of a prisoner to organ pipeline. Yeah, right? but like you're. But if that's the case, seventy one is way too few. Well, this is just the ones they found. Like this was not a comp comprehensive data set. Most of it's shrouded behind state secrecy. Then how'd they even find this? Because they studied something like it was, this was like seventy one of like nine thousand or seventy one of like fifteen thousand in a data set that they compiled from a bunch of reports um, that suggested like time of removal versus time of death for these people being compared well i mean if you remove someone's heart isn't the time of death gonna be pretty close to the time of heart removal correct but if that's the time of death as opposed to removed after the time of death then you've got a killed by that rather than killed by something else yeah, this, is, this is grotesque Alex. i'm just saying if you've ever played like rim world you know what this is and it's horrifying yeah this is a uh, oh yeah truly monstrous like this is this is if, if it weren't so distant from from my life it it would be like truly disturbingly shocking that's so horrifying you know I, 
I've, I've been finishing up my Skyrim kick lately. Are they just like crafting Ebony Daedric gear? Like, what's happening? What's going on? I mean, what's happening is that you have a dictatorship with no actual checks that's just doing whatever it wants. But this is on par with like adrenochrome mole people, like pe- pedophile clones. Like, this is on par with the other insane shit that's all like a grain of truth and like 99% total garbage bullshit fantasy. Like, why are you harvesting people's organs? Come on. Just it'd be easier yeah, it's and insane. to just make synthetic organs and just involve the evolve the tech there. We already have artificial heart and artificial lungs, kind of to a degree. Like, you don't need to just kill people for it. They, they don't flow with Han blood. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's just another reminder of like we don't even need to pro- persecute the Chinese because they're persecuting themselves. Really most harshly. people self persecute the hardest. Most countries are the most vicious on their own people. Yeah. Go ask the like new Taliban government with not a single woman in it. Like, yeah, like, what do you expect? People are most savage towards their own guy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like a unique sensitivity to it, I think, which is why it's so easy for U.S. press and U.S. the U.S. government to, um, you know, convince at least a segment of its population that we're so much better than a country like China. Um, yeah, which is not we have never orgasted people's hearts. It's because we we you know we, we certainly abuse our own population but one in more subtle and systemic ways than this uh, example. And two, we, a lot of the harm we do is to other, other, other people, other countries. We let our dead people's organs go to waste. Well, yeah, like I mean, true Americans. we kill a thousand Buffalo and take one with us. And that's just the way we do things. Um, and I mean, by some historians estimates, the United States perpetrated the greatest genocide in the history of the world when it wiped out the new world indigenous peoples. So like we are not necessarily in any better moral standing, but, the point is, this is happening right now. Yeah. Like, this is a thing that can still be affected. So, I'd let let it not be said, you know, that we that we ignore or turn a blind eye to you know China or for whatever reason. As 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 much as we've had various views on on other situations involving them, their government is currently very disgusting, and and is doing incredibly evil shit against every principle that they even supposedly stand for. Like, they are not communists. This is this is in no way, shape, or form like the working man's advantage. Yeah, sending I mean, all these people to death and ripping their fucking organs out. We say it every episode we talk about China. We are not fans of China. No, we, we don't like their governing system. We don't like the people in charge. We don't like the evil policies they do. Yeah, but just because those are true doesn't mean you also like wanted. We want to destroy them. No. Yeah, and it should be mentioned there is a very long history of left wing opposition to dictatorial forms of communism, uh, and and you know there have been communist critics of that kind of communism for as long as there has been communism. So one of the things that's been one of the most successful erasures in our collective memory is that there has been a long left resistance to this kind of bullshit. It doesn't have to, you don't have to become a right wing crank to oppose Xi Jinping. It's, those are not the only options. So you, you, someone else's misbehavior should not make you a piece of shit. Just keep that in mind. Do you think, see, I, I, have, a, I have a dueling ideas here on these organ tr- harvesting. Do you think harvesting the organs of the particular political prisoners or like Aiden's idea, they flow with Han blood. They don't, they don't want like the snake, like evil lefty blood in their new people. So they don't harvest their organs. I'm pretty sure they're just harvesting whoever they want. I don't think it's even that nuanced. <laughs> and some of these people are probably just like serial killers, but the point is this is not the way to handle that in any way. All right. Well, let's talk about a different uh, espionage situation as we wind out our episode with the, a pair of wild and out articles. From Wired.com, 
scientists spy on Mount Etna with fiber optic cables. What does any of that mean? They're looking up Mount Etna's skirt. I'm so lost. What's Mount Etna? Isn't Etna like an insurance company? (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) It's spelled different, but that's very funny. Didn't I have to like sign up for Etna? What's happening? There's an A in front of me. Where am I? I want to go home. (laughs) So what's Mount Etna? It's it's a it's a mountain. How do you spy on a mountain? What are they yeah, talking it's, uh, about? It's uh, it's 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 Italian, I think. No idea. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, it's in Sicily. You can't spy on on non-sentient objects. What are you talking I would just about? like to point out we are still waiting for fiber optic internet reliably no, we, in the in the U.S. We actually it's have fiber in, optic. It's though. only in some parts though. It's like inconsistently applied. The fact that we're using it to spy up a fucking mountain skirts is, you know, just saying priorities. Maybe this isn't clear for people. I'd like to define what spy means. Spy means observe something that is also capable of, of observing. Generally, like, yes. They have to be able to observe you too when you're, you're sneaking in the observing. You can't spy on a mountain. The mountain can't spy back. And if it does, we got a bigger problem. Mount Etna executes defector spy for Mount Etna hard pulls the heart out of a spy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will post the subhead just like, so this is not completely. Why aren't they saying like here's what scientists are trying to learn about Mount Etna? Researchers can detect volcanic activity by watching how light moves through the same kinds of fibers that bring you internet. Cool. Why did they start with that? I so have no idea. Going insane by the headline. Someone and that's publication that's very horny. Yeah. The first one's just like, it's some sort of spy movie. Like, it's some sort of action adventure. And they're just struggling so hard to get to the news. Day. They're like, let's just say some shit. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, like, one's gonna, no one's going to read this anyways. Also have the um, novelty backwards. Fiber optic cables were not originally used for internet. They were originally used for travel, sending light through stuff we figured out we can also send electricity through it and like send yeah. internet through it. But like they're originally used f- to detect light. So. Oh God. Yeah. But most people know an internet doodads. These Losing days. my grasp on reality. <laughs> I'm just saying, go to Pornhub and look up Mount Etna under upskirt and see what you got. Cause that's, we, that's what this makes me. Assume. We get this upskirt part. There's nothing in there. that says skirt or upskirt. Yeah. They could be yeah. looking down at shirt. Well, isn't Etna also a woman's name? Big busty Etna. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, the whole framing of this made me think like Ted Cruz was going to look this up. Everyone's horned up for Hurricane <laughs> Sally. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Hurricane Volca- Volcano I'd like to fuck. Oh, that'd be great if instead, of, right. instead of shooting hurricanes, right-wingers pivot to fucking hurricanes. Yeah, exactly. It becomes like the mass, the, the self-sacrifice thing. Yeah. Yeah. And have sex with a god. Make us whole. All right. I'm going to lead us out with our sort of animal story from the well-known clarionledger.com. Ah, yes. My favorite. Where have you been browsing? Quote, he is a monster. Mississippi man smashes state record with 131-pound blue catfish. Subhead, we had to untie the boat and float down the river. I couldn't move him. I'd pull on him and take in a foot of line, and he'd pull and take 10 feet. I just sat there like I was hung up. Did they kill this giant catfish? I think. I'm going to post the image. Catfish art. 
This is like a big, big ass Pokemon. Final form. Jesus Christ, that's a big fish. It's as big as the guy. Like the old man in the sea took place in Mississippi. <laughs> so wearing camo on the water. Yeah, you got to trick the trick yeah. her eyes. That you like, like barely see color. That's so funny. But uh, well, this is some sort of prehistoric catfish has been caught and, and discovered. It's cold black eyes. Oh, yeah, I wrangled him. There are two pictures of this guy in the article on Yahoo, and he looks so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is all I have. Yeah, yeah because he's like, he's a dog who caught the car and he doesn't know what to do now. He just waged war on this catfish. This is the and this is like the pinnacle of his life achievement. So now he doesn't know what, what's going to happen. He flew too close to the sun. Yeah, 131 pound catfish is a pretty old catfish. It takes a long time to get that big. So this is two old men in the sea. Do people eat catfish? Oh yeah, I've never, yeah, heard, I've never heard of like catfish meat. <laughs> it's especially I mean? common in southern cooking. Like, there's a lot of like Cajun catfish stuff. Well, hopefully they can feed a lot of people with this and not just like hanging on a wall. Oh, I'm sure they're going to eat it. <laughs> I'm sure that's happening. This what? What's that singing bass? They got to make like an Uber version. Bass, yeah. yeah. This thing just to, like give your grandma a heart attack is big a, mouth catfish. You know, prehistoric four foot, five foot long catfish starts popping off the wall. Yeah, it's like it's night at the museum, right? And they get and they get Adam Savage from MythBusters to like rig up a whole animatronic like robotic skeleton to go inside when they get all the meat out, and then you can hang it on the wall and it'll move around and sing. That'd be sick. This, this looks like yeah. The, 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 one of the recommended articles on the bottom of this page is New Orleans mamas. Normalized breastfeeding during Mardi Gras season. <laughs> this, this is a wild section. Wait, what the fuck is that? I is this don't know. the same website? I don't know if I want to. I just Google the headline, but it has a it has a tit in the thumbnail, so it caught my eye. Alex, I, I don't I don't mean to one up you, but I just Googled giant catfish. And apparently another Mississippi resident got a 736 pound catfish. What the, what? Well, I don't even think that's possible. <laughs> that, that's some horse shit. That, that, there's like, that's like a Photoshop. That 100% looks like Look, his... the guy on the left doesn't even look like it's he's standing there. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just, there's a lot of big catfish. That is a very, very high zoom on a normal catfish. Yeah, maybe. But there's big pipes in the background. I don't know. It's like maybe. a fucking walrus. All right, whatever. We'll have to look into this. We'll get our fact checkers on the catfish situation. Yeah, forget everything else. Next deep dive. Um, before we go, I just want to do a brief shout out to a real one. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried has just died. Yeah. Um, I always liked him. I thought he was very funny. Uh, one of the few people who I think actually got canceled for comments he made uh, about a hurricane, which lost some. But he had. Thing. But see, that's like that's what's so funny. There is definitely a cancel culture story to be made about that. He yeah. got canceled exclusively by the corporations. Right. And he had a good heart about it. For making, like, oh, it's fine. Again, for making a joke that was relatively tame and, and was part of his job as being a comedian. So, like, just, you know, he was, he was a good dude. Made a lot of people laugh. Kept people's spirits up. Um, sorry to see him go. Maybe we can attach the, the great clip where he talks about that event. I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can find it. There's, there's 9-11 joke. <laughs> 
exactly. Yeah, one of the few people who can make everyone laugh after 9-11 yeah. is famously recorded in the Aristocrats movie. Anyway, um, he and the catfish can, can party it up at, with St. Peter, according to certain people. We'll see and, which one gets in. And Clarence Thomas, confirmation pending. <laughs> oh, yeah, are we close? No, he's definitely not up there with Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert Gottfried wouldn't be ashamed to go to the same place as him. Uh, all right, this one's for Gilbert Gottfried. Catch you guys next time. Pour one out on your catfish for Gilbert. See you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy what we do here at the Non-Essential Workers Podcast and you want to support us, please check us out at patreon.com slash non-essential workers podcast or by clicking the link below. For five bucks, you get access to the Patreon feed and twice, that's right, twice as many total episodes. How many more? I'll say it one more time for the back, twice. <laughs> Anyways, thanks and see you next time. <laughs>